Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. Let's take a look at Morvedre, or Monastrel, or Mataro, three different names for the same grape variety, grown in warm Mediterranean climates around the world, particularly eastern Spain, southern France, also Australia, South Africa to a small degree, and also California, particularly in Pazorovals, and then in more continental climates such as Washington State or um, Sierra Foothills in California, where the climate is again warm, but a slightly different um, overall growing cycle. But Morvedra is a great variety which needs a warm climate. The fact that it has different names just shows how um, historically important the grape variety is because it's been grown in different areas which is where the grape variety has taken on different names. And the first reference to the grape variety goes back to the 12th or 1300s. And so this is a grape variety which has been grown and cultivated for a very long time, indicating its importance. But it is a grape variety which is sometimes underrated or underappreciated because it's most often found in a blend, particularly with Grenache and Syrah. And so in southern France, in the southern Rhone, in Chateauneuf de Pape, a typical blend would be Grenache, Syrah, Morvedre, maybe 60, 20, 20, or 60, 30, 10. So that small use of Morvedre shows that it's an important blending grape because it adds tannin, acidity, black fruit, and kind of an earthy complexity. But it also gives the indication that Morvedre is not important enough to be on its own. But that certainly is um, countered by producers who use who, who use Morvedre to make single varietal wines. And it can be made in so many different styles, from really robust, rustic, tannic, long-lived reds, such as in Bandol, or fruity, jammy, high-alcohol wines, such as Monastrel in eastern Spain. It can also be made into light-bodied wines which can be served chilled and be good summer wines and almost an alternative to Beaujolais such as is made by um, Hardy Wallace who used to be with Dirty and Rowdy in California and you can listen to my interview with him from three years ago on the podcast where he talks in great detail about Morvedra. This is going to be more an overview of the different regions and the different uh, qualities and characteristics of Morvedra. So listen to that interview if you want to get really deep into Morvedra. But it's a fascinating variety for all these region reasons. And of course, we have to mention that Morvedra is often used for rosé. And these can be some of the most long-lived, complex and expensive rosés in the world, for example, from Bandol. Or they be used for in blends because it has acidity and it has a really nice black fruit profile, which makes the rosés a bit more complex, but also used with grape varieties like Grenache and Sanso, where there's more red fruit and um, less tannin. So blending those different grape varieties together to produce uh, an overall style of rosé which has depth and also has that um, blending fallback where you can use those different grape varieties to create a consistent wine. So lots of different styles. So why does it have three different names at the very least? Morvedra is the French name. The Spanish name is Monastrel. And that comes from the fact that it was grown by monks. And if monks are growing grapes way, way back, like Pinot Noir, for instance, then we can associate that grape variety with quality. And the fact that the name of the grape variety, Monastrel, is directly linked to the fact that it was grown by monks in eastern Spain just shows that this was always considered 
of great potential. It then moved to southern France, Roussillon, Languedoc, and then the southern Rhone. Just a gradual transition from Spain to France, as happened with Grenache and Carignan. And one of the names that it was known by was Mataro. And so the name Monastrel was, was lost in France, but maintained in Spain. And then in the, 18, in the 19th century, the great variety was transported to the New World, in particular Australia and California, and that name Mataro stuck. And so historical references to the name of the great variety in California and Australia would be Mataro, and there are still producers in those regions who continue to refer to that name, because that's the 19th century name really connecting modern California with its history. So, for example, Ridge in California still refer to it as that name, and then in Australia, Penfolds also still refer to it as Mataro. There is still that historical connection. But in France, the grape variety more commonly became known as Morvedre, named after the town, which was then called Muviedo, in eastern Spain, roughly halfway between Valencia and Barcelona, which has now changed its name, but that's what it was called then in the 19th 18th, 19th century, and so the name Morvedre stuck, and that's what it's become known as internationally for the most part. Morvedre is a grape variety which likes a long growing season, so that's why it's well suited to warm climates. So we find it in those warm Mediterranean climates, where there's a long growing season, it's dry, it does need a little bit of water, which is why it's well suited to calcareous soils, which will um, drain the water, but the roots will be able to find the water if they dig deep, and so there's access to water in these soils. So find those in southern France, eastern Spain, and then pockets of uh, Australia and California. It's going to produce wines which are usually relatively high in alcohol, really depends when the grapes are picked, but because it's grown in warm climates, that high alcohol is quite natural, and it goes with the, the ripe fruit profile, and also the tannic profile as well. So these are generally going to be bigger styles of wine, though of course it depends on the producer's intention. As for the fruit profile, definitely on the black fruit side, and quite brambly or blackberry aromas, and as I mentioned, quite robust, or it can be quite robust, especially in the tannic profile, so you really get that kind of rustic mouthfeel. Also wild flowers, there's a kind of a wildness, a countryside element to Morvedre especially in um, the Southern Rhone, and maybe the fact that it can be quite a difficult grape variety to contain, if you like, those robust flavours is why it's often used in a blend. So with Grenache, which is more red fruits, lower acidity, lower tannin, Syrah, which is not dissimilar to Morvedre, though not quite as tannic, and not quite as um, ripe in its fruit profile. Sanso, which is also... Um, Red fruit like Grenache, but higher in acidity, but lower in tannin. So you have these different grape varieties which Morvedre can just uh, merge with to create a more complex wine. And then there are the rosés that are made from Morvedre, which, especially in Bandol, have a bit more body, a bit more weight, and a bit more ageability. The wines maintain the acidity so that they will age, but also be very fresh in their youth as well. And again, with rosé, as with red wine, Morvedra can be used as part of a blend, adding acidity, maybe a very light tannic profile, because of course rosé will be picked, or grapes for rosé will be picked a little bit earlier, but also pressed very gently for um, a little bit of colour without extracting too much tannin. And so blended with Grenache and Sanso in Provence, the Southern Rhone, and other regions around the world as well. 
I do find that rosé is often best when it's a blend rather than a single varietal wine, but there are obviously that's a generalisation, but using different grape varieties to produce a consistent but high quality rosé makes a little more sense than relying on one grape variety, and it's also more commercially sensible because then you can pick from different vineyards different varieties to create that blend rather than relying on, say, Pinot Noir or Syrah for a certain level of ripeness from just one site or one region, whereas uh, the blend can bring a lot of uh, different factors together. So where is Morvedra slash Monastrel grown? Well, it's a Spanish grape variety and therefore it is mostly grown in Spain. 63,000 hectares, more or less, in Spain, making it the fifth most planted uh, grape variety and mostly in eastern southeast Spain, so Mediterranean Spain, and particularly in the Valencia, Alicante uh, regions of Spain. And these are regions which um, historically produced quite um, high alcohol, very fruity, jammy, overripe wines, mainly for local consumption. And quality wasn't particularly high, which is one of the reasons why Monastrel slash Morvedra doesn't have the reputation it deserves, because these wines where um, the plantings of Monastrel are really located weren't that good. But over the last 20 years, quality has definitely improved because of better vineyard management, can canopy management, making sure the grapes don't get overripe, picking the grapes at the right time so there's a balance between sugar, acidity, and tannin, and then better um, winery management as well. Uh, temperature control, because it does get hot in these regions, making sure that um, not too much fruit is extracted and that the, the alcohol of the wine is in balance. So these wines are still going to be relatively high in alcohol, and it they can go up to 15% ABV, but there's a much better balance with acidity and tannin and the fruit integration as well. So these may not be the most outstanding wines in the world or the most famous regions in the world, but nevertheless, quality has risen greatly. And there are some extremely good wines being produced in uh, Southeast Spain. And there are several DOs which are dedicated to Monastrel, although the wines can be a blend as well with Garnacha and even Syrah being planted in the regions, but Monastrel is always going to be the dominant grape variety and is often single varietal. Of the DOs in southeast Spain, perhaps the most likely to be found are um, Yecla, uh, Valencia, and um, Alicante, and also Humilla. But there are others as well, such as Buyas and Manchuela, so if you look at a map, you'll see Valencia, and then going down to Alicante, and then going down to Murcia. So we're really on the, the, the Mediterranean coast of Spain. Valencia itself, is, as a DO, is spread out into two uh, different regions, one just west of the city and another just south of the city. And Alicante, likewise, is split into three different um, areas surrounding the city of Alicante. And the reason I mention how, why they're split is because of that. Is it a coastal influence or is it an altitude influence in terms of the style of the wine? And what's happening now, and going further inland into Humia and Yekla, that's where altitude becomes really important. And a really good quality region like Humia, vines can be planted at around 600 meters. And because this is a warm climate, it allows breezes to come in from the Mediterranean, but also the high altitude means cooler nights longer growing season, and a much more balanced style of wine that is produced because of the cooler conditions, just allowing the grapes to ripen gradually rather than too quickly. Whereas lower down, 
those grapes are going to get riper quite a bit quicker and therefore alcohol is a bit higher, sugars are more advanced without the fruit profile getting the same development. So these wines are very much in transition, going from quite basic, obvious, fruity wines to much more complex wines made from grapes grown on suitable sites and suitable conditions, better vineyard management, better winery technique. So these wines are definitely worth checking out, but a very different style from the wines you often find in France, because in France they're more likely to be a blend. There was, there's about 9,000 hectares or more planted in France, and that's all located in Roussillon, Languedoc, Southern Rhone, and Provence. So again, a Mediterranean climate. The most famous region is Bandol, which is a small region not too far from Marseille, on the coast, with steep terraces rising up from the Mediterranean Sea. And these wines are generally going to be quite different from those of southeast Spain, because they are made in a way which is quite traditional, maybe old-fashioned. Uh, the wines emerged in the 1930s onwards, when people really became interested in Provence. Uh, Provence now is a huge tourist destination, but in, historically it was extremely remote and difficult to get to. And it was only the late 19th and early 20th centuries that artists and writers discovered Provence as a kind of a throwback to uh, pre-industrialization and non-urban living. So a romantic rural location to visit and go to. And that made Provence extremely popular. And the wines of Bandol and Provence in general became more widely drunk than they had been before. But because Provence is um, kind of out of time, it's in the past to a certain extent, that's its appeal. These wines of Bandol have that big, rustic, tannic, um, long-lived ageability, rather than being made in a modern international style with new oak that can be drunk young. This is all about just allowing the wines to open up over time. And it makes the wines fantastic, but at the same time, it's a big experience to taste these wines because alcohol is high, you have that fruit profile, and also the the full body, and also that tannic texture, which takes a while to soften. But one of the great paradoxes or contradictions of Morvedre, despite that style of Bandol, is that it makes great rosé, particularly in Bandol itself. And so just still picking the grapes when they're ripe, but that gentle uh, pressing just extracts a little bit of colour, but not too much tannin, but you've got the body and the weight, some alcohol as well, but maintaining high acidity, because the um, terraces have those cool conditions which allow uh, freshness to be maintained. Produces these really uh, complex rosés which have the capability to age. For Red Bandol, the wines cannot be 100% more verdure, uh, in part because those wines are just so, can be so robust and tannic, they need a bit of balance. And so they can only be 95% more verdure with some Sanso, Grenache or Syrah um, in the blend. And a lot of the best Bandol is maybe 55%, 60% more verdure. And so we do have to take into consideration that although the wines from Bandol and Morvedre are fantastic and long-lived and complex and show what Morvedre is capable of, maybe Morvedre is often best in a blend where some of the other grape varieties balance um, its, its, its wildness. Elsewhere in southern France, there's certainly possibilities of finding 100% Morvedre but again, it's most likely to be in a blend with Chateauneuf-du-Pape, Gigondas, Vaquiras, and other um, southern Rhone regions. It will be the third grape 
in a blend, but it's really important in that blend. We should not overestimate its role in creating high quality wines from the Southern Rhone because of its tannin, its acidity, its black fruit, its complexity. Again, it depends on site. It depends on just how full bodied those wines are, how much more Vedra should be added to the blend. And then also planted in Roussillon and Languedoc for similar style blends. The proportion of, of Morvedra in the blend does depend on the producer and the style of the wine, but it can really provide that backbone to a Southern Rhone style blend. Moving away from Europe to the USA, as I mentioned, um, sometimes called Mataro, but usually called Morvedra, the region which really does um, excel for Morvedra is Pazarobles. So this is uh, central coast California, where it is warm. And that's one reason why Mulvedra really does excel here, because it has the perfect southern Rhone, warm Mediterranean climate. It also has limestone soils, which is quite rare in California, and that is what uh, Mulvedra is well suited to, because there is water retention, but not too much. So it has that access to water in a warm climate. Uh, Paso Robles is a region which has only really developed in the last 30 years, in part because of Tablas Creek, who are co-owned by Chateau de Beaucastel, Chateau Neuf de Pape producer, and they established Tablas Creek in the 1990s, and their best wines are Morvedra-based, and that really does demonstrate how well-suited it is to this warm Mediterranean climate in Paso Robles, just as it is in other regions. They do make a single varietal Morvedra, but their flagship wine, Esprit de Tablas is usually 45% Morvedra or there or thereabouts. And so again, Morvedra providing the real strong base to the wine with the black fruits and tannin and acidity, but other grapes being used for a Rhone-style blend. But it does make the wines a little bit distinct from Chateauneuf de Pat, for example, because Morvedra is the base rather than Grenache. And so it is very well suited to that warm climate. And there are other producers as well who um, have Morvedra as their base, or make single varietal Morvedras. Uh, Paso Robles is a fascinating region, and one that's really young and emerging. Unfortunately, some producers, or too many producers, are making wines which are too high in alcohol, too full-bodied, too big, kind of going for that Napa 2000s trend. Hopefully these wines will begin to get more balanced, a bit more restrained, that may be trying a little too hard to impress people. But Morvedra, when handled properly, when the grapes are not too ripe, when winemaking is gentle, then the wines can ex definitely express that warm Mediterranean climate without being too massive. There's also Sierra foothills. So here we're changing climate slightly because it's warm still, but it's continental. So less of a Mediterranean influence, but you still have that diurnal variation with hot days, but cooler nights, higher elevation, and therefore a long growing season, which is well suited to more Vedra. Sierra Foothills is maybe kind of a minor region in the grand scale of things, but it's also a very interesting one because it's very historic, going back to the gold rush and the 19th century, and there are definitely wines there that have the potential to be really good, and there are some very interesting producers and growers who are really um, exploring the potential of the Sierra foothills. Uh, it's called the Sierra foothills because it's in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountain range, which divides California from Nevada, and plantings can be as high as 1,100 meters. There's also Washington State, where 
just about every grape variety is planted. There are a lot of GSM blends in Washington, particularly uh, Walla Walla, but also across the state, which are very good quality. Similarly to Paso Robles, there's this conflict between producing full-bodied high-alcohol wines which can appeal to a lot of consumers and producing wines which really express where they're from, where they feel really um, distinctive and balanced with co great concentration. And Morvedra can certainly work in this warm continental climate. In Australia, where there's also historical um, importance for um, Morvedra or Mataro, uh, it can be used in fortified blends. So fortified wine in Australia, extremely important historically. And Morvedra makes sense because it has naturally high alcohol, it has high tannin, it has acidity for um, aging, and so it can really contribute to a blend. So maybe not a um, European tradition, but certainly an Australian tradition. And then, of course, it will be used in a GSM, which is an Australian name, Grenache, Syrah, Morvedra, or Matado. We'll find these in the traditional regions where Grenache and Syrah are also planted, such as Barossa or McLaren Vale. Again, a warm Mediterranean climate. I keep saying that, but that is where Morvedra excels, and climate is the starting point for any style of wine or reasons for planting a grape variety. And then finally, there's also South Africa, where there is some single varietal Morvedra made. Again, it has a warm Mediterranean climate, especially nearer the coast, and so Morvedra can definitely work there. Not that much planted, and it's usually used in a blend following the Southern Rhone tradition. But um, if I was making wine in South Africa, I'd definitely plant some more Vedra because it really does suit the climate, as do other Rhone varieties or Mediterranean varieties. So that is Movedra, or Monastrel, or Matado. Different names, lots of history, enjoys a warm climate, particularly a Mediterranean one, that can also work in a warm continental climate, needs a little bit of water, which is why it's maybe more suited to a Mediterranean climate where rain will fall during the winter, and then made into lots of different styles, from the really big full-bodied wines, to lighter-bodied wines, to rosé, to some fortified wine as well. So there's a reason why Morvedra has been planted and worked with in Spain and then in France and then across the world for hundreds of years. It produces really high quality wine in its own right, but is also absolutely ideal for blending and really contributing to a blend, which of course is an, an art form which produces some of the greatest wines of the world. And Morvedra is part of that. So thank you for listening. Go out and drink some Morvedra. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.